Tulsa Titans are those in our city who aren't backing down. They stay positive when things look hard. They lead with integrity, even when it requires sacrifice. They take their family life as serious as their work life. This show features them to teach and inspire the next generation among us. Welcome to Tulsa Titans, highlighting our local business professionals who are making an impact. Today, I've got Jeff Hensley. He's the owner of Hensley & Associates. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you got your doctorate from TU uh, Law School. I did. Juris doctorate from TU in 2008. Yes. Well, I've got some questions to ask you, but, you know, really interestingly, um, you kind of dug into, yeah, I've got a doctorate, but then I, I started a business. And, you know, what would have been nice to know were, was these set of things. Will you dive into that a little bit for us where we were talking before we started recording? Sure. I mean, one of the things that no school prepare, prepares you for is how to run a business and what to expect when running a business. And so, you know, having had a business now for 11, 12 years of my own, you learn a lot and you learn what, uh, what you want, what you don't want. Um, and it's one of those things that'd be nice if schools would teach you a little bit. You've got to understand how to handle people. And like we were talking earlier, how to hire and how to fire and how to make sure that you have a particular culture and how in your firm or business, how to perpetuate that, what you, like I said before, what you want, what you don't want. Uh, you know, your biggest strange factor is, is people. Uh, people are people, and you've got to learn how to handle those people. Um, you don't want the, the saying we use around here is you don't want the inmates running the asylum. So it's one of those things that as the business owner, you've got to make sure you understand how to make sure that your culture is grown and you show your people how you want that culture. Um, it's just a lot of things. I mean, what's good for investment? What's, what's good for advertising? What works? What doesn't work? I mean, I think one of the biggest things if schools aren't going to teach us how to run our businesses is to definitely find a mentor uh, in the same industry that you're in and try and uh, get advice and help from them on how to run a business. You know, find somebody that's successful and who has a successful business or in my case, a, a successful law firm and ask them questions. Um, and I think that's one of the other things too, is you, you can't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be so egotistical to think that you know it all or that you're going to learn it all. It's always good to ask questions of others that know more than you do who have successful businesses to learn how to grow your business and to make sure it perpetuates, especially throughout uh, things like this pandemic or whatever it may be. So uh, there's just so much. I mean, again, I wish schools would take time to teach us those things, but they just don't. So we kind of fumble through it or we get out there and we make a commitment to say, I'm going to learn how to run my business. I'm going to learn how to, to grow it and to make sure it perpetuates itself. Well, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a business owner is you might have a, a really strong skill set, but there's so much to it and there's so much to learn that it really can humble you at times. Absolutely. You know, I do want to dive in. You, you said, so hey, you're running a business and need to know something, grab a mentor. You gave a lot of great advice just then. Um, but we did, again, before we started recording, talk about, you know, hey, I'm a kid in college and I think I want to do this. You gave some great advice about go do it. With the way our school systems are set up, it's, it's really important to do that. Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So if you're inter whatever industry it is, whether it be tech or, or law or medicine or, you know, you name it, pick any industry you want to do, go out and do it. Go out and get a job somewhere, um, and it doesn't, 
you know, for example, in a law firm, if you're somebody that's in college and you're trying to figure out if that's where you want to go, obviously you can't go and work as a lawyer, but you can go and work at a law firm doing being a file clerk or a runner or something like that, where you can be in the industry and be around it and see what it's like dealing with clients and see what it's like dealing with the courts and see what it's like dealing with process servers or whatever it may be. I mean, there's always the opportunity to go and to learn. So if you're going to decide on a particular thing, you want to take time out to do that. Um, one of the things we get to do in law school is, is we're allowed to go and work during the time that we're, we're actually in law school. So a lot of us would go through and we would say, okay, I'm going to go work for this law firm that does criminal. And later I'll do this law firm that does family law, or I'll do, go and work at the DA's office or the public defender's office. And you know, I'll, I'll do like I did when I first started, I was working for a couple of different medical malpractice defense firms. And so uh, I was trying to see if that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and, and whatnot. So um, it's like dating guys, try it out, you know, uh, get in there and figure out what you like and what you don't like, uh, see what your industry is and how it runs and if it's something you want to do for the rest of your life. So yeah, try it out. Absolutely. Great. I know I was, I was blessed. I got wanted to be an engineer and then I shadowed a couple engineers and knew that I couldn't sit still that long and <laughs> really saved me uh, kind of digging it. So it's always I, good to go and see what's out there. You and I talked, I want to change directions uh, again, just from, from what we've talked about in the past, um, some of the positives um, that you've realized through some of the pandemic and we're in the, the first part of 2021. What are three things that you're consuming more of or doing more of, Jeff? And what are three things that you've made sure that you're, you're limiting, that you cut back on? Sure. So one of the things that we're doing now more is more tech, uh, more IT stuff. So in other words, once this pandemic hit, the court system had to figure out how to be able to con conduct court issues without getting people inside the courthouse. And so we started using different platforms. Uh, the one that the Bar Association has, has landed on is one called Blue Jeans. It's very much like, it's well, it's basically Zoom. It's just a different uh, platform. But, uh, you know, we're consuming more of this digital stuff. We do more Zoom meetings. We do status conferences by Zoom. We do uh, at one point, the uh, Supreme Court had made a ruling basically that said you could do anything by, except for large trials, you could do by digital platform. So we're still doing temporary order hearings and other things by Zoom uh, or Blue Jeans. So we're consuming more digital um, interaction with our colleagues, clients, as well as our judges. Um, one of the things that we are not consuming as much is obviously we're not, we're not going to courthouses as much. We are not uh, having as much physical contact as we did before uh, because of this pandemic and trying to uh, flatline the numbers and whatnot. But, you know, I think this pandemic has definitely taught us that we don't have to go to the courthouse all the time. Uh, we don't have to spend that extra time and charge our clients for standing around waiting for an hour to talk to a judge for two minutes of their time. Uh, it allows us to uh, consume more time here at the office to be more productive, to get more things done than we have in the past because we're not standing around in a courthouse or driving in a vehicle to a courthouse that's 200 miles away. So uh, it definitely allows us to be more interactive with our people, um, but in a digital sense, you know, 
Uh, it's a little strange at first because you're not face to face, but you know, again, it, it has been more uh, time, uh, not sensitive, but it's been more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we've been more cognizant of the time that we're using and using it more wisely and learning to grow as a firm by doing that and saving our clients time and money. So um, does that answer your question? I think that does. No, it does. Well, and so that's, that's interesting because again, I'm not, not in your industry, but I do know that the courts are backed up all the time. And, you know, I have been down there to pay some parking fines before and it's just, it's half a day. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, the, the inefficiencies really, I don't know that they allow for our systems to keep up with the, the things that really need to happen. So this could be a positive thing long-term. I, I agree. I think it allows people more access um, to the court system, you know, cause here's the thing, almost everybody has a smartphone up. Okay. Um, I don't know what the percentages are, but I can tell you having dealt with clients as long as I have pretty much everybody has an Android phone or an Apple phone and they all have internet access. Well, if you've got internet access, you've got access to blue jeans, you've got access to zoom, you've got access to going online and paying your fines online, as opposed to going down and standing in line for half the day to pay a fine. So, um, I think it definitely allows us to streamline things within the courthouse. Um, I know that there are older attorneys that are still hardcore, got to be in a suit, got to be in front of the judge, that kind of stuff. And I, I understand that. And I respect that. I mean, I, I've been around long enough as well, but I'm also smart enough to realize that with the way that technology is going, that that's not always going to be the case. Um, and again, this allows the courts to get through things much, much quicker by doing something digital and being far more uh, cognizant of the time that a client is, is being charged for. And I, I think that's something that judges forget sometimes. And I don't think they mean to, I just think it happens. They forget that we're charging our clients for standing around for an hour while waiting for two minutes audience with the judge. And so, you know, in this case, we have a particular time slot that the judge will call us. Um, and so we're on for the two minutes that we're on or five minutes, and then we go back to doing what we were doing before. So it's definitely far more efficient uh, than it has ever been in my opinion. So, and I hope the, when the pandemic goes away, whenever that happens, I hope the court system uh, keeps a lot of the things that they've learned so we can be far more efficient than we've ever been in the past. No, yeah, that's great. Yeah, like you said, it, it would solve a lot of problems. What uh, you mentioned, kind of a mentor, so is there somebody in your industry or just in general that you admire that's, that's kind of spurred you to, to run and operate a business? Um, who is that and why? Sure. Um, you know, I've had a couple mentors in my life. Uh, when I was in law school and even past that, my mentor was a guy named John Bowling. John is now an attorney out for Broken Arrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, he and I still talk and still get together for lunch and talk about work and and what we do is for a living and whatnot. He taught me a lot about business and a lot about how to treat clients and people. So, you know, John, if you're, if you watch this, you've, you know, as I've told you many times before, you've made a great impact in my life. Um, there's a number of attorneys in the family law world that I trust and that I contact them uh, for information or for ideas on how to run a business or how to handle a particular case when I have those questions. And so, uh, it's important that you have somebody that you can reach out to, no matter who they are. It's just, it's got to be somebody that you trust and somebody that you admire to a certain degree that has 
at least in, from the business side, is growing a good business. I mean, you can even learn things from people that you don't like. Um, you can make them a mentor and they don't even know it. And what I mean by that is, is there are a couple attorneys that uh, in my family law industry that I don't necessarily love, but I will tell you they have successful businesses. And I'm always looking at how they run their business and what works for them and what works for their clients so that I can learn. Um, you know, we may not love each other personally, but I can definitely learn from them how to run a successful business because they've been around forever. They're successful at what they do and they've got a good clientele. So uh, don't just think that because you don't like somebody that you can't learn from them because we can. We can definitely learn from even people we don't like if they're successful, you can definitely look and see what's working for them, what isn't, how you want to run things, how you don't, and uh, get little bits or at least nuggets of information that are good for your firm or your business. Oh, that's great. Yeah, why reinvent the wheel when you you know something's working, right? And if you can take your your exactly. set them aside, there's a lot of, of gold to be mined there. Absolutely. So you said Absolutely. earlier that. Um, you know, you've been in business long enough. And so now that you've, you've done that and you figured out your culture, uh, you know that one of the, the biggest challenges is managing people. Is there something daily or a daily habit that you know has led to your success as far as reflecting on, hey, now that I've, I've done this long enough? Always be respectful of your people. Always check in on them and actually be genuinely interested in who they are, their families, where they come from, all of that stuff. You want to get to know your people. And I'm not saying you have to be best friends with them, but you want to know who they are, where they come from, what makes them tick, what do they enjoy, what do they not enjoy. Ask them how their weekend was. Ask them how their day is going. Check in with them. See if they need anything. I mean, treating people with respect and showing that respect is always the biggest thing. One of the, one of the things I learned early on in law firms when I was a young attorney was how to treat people and how not to treat people as far as staff is concerned. I've worked in some firms where they truly think that people are expendable. Uh, one firm that I worked at that will remain nameless, uh, they have a turnover rate of 80 or 85% even to this day because they just look at people as we're going to bring them in, chew them up and spit them out. I learned very early working for that firm that I never, ever wanted to treat anybody the way that they were treating the people at that firm, including myself. And I've worked very hard to make sure that I don't treat people that way. Uh, one of the things I learned is, is your staff, they're your strongest supporters and they will always be your biggest backbone to help you. But you've got to treat them with respect and you've got to show them that you care and you've got to uh, make them a part of your daily life and, and be interested, like I said, genuinely interested in their daily lives too. So um, that would be my biggest, one of my biggest things is take care of your people. Always take care of your people. Don't chew them up and spit them out. Don't do it. Well, Jeff, I know, so the audience would be really interested in, and this is a question I have come up a lot and I've got kind of my own answers for it, but, but you stay very busy. You know, as like we talked about with two attorneys, you get a lot done. One of the things people right. struggle with is what you just said and finding the margin for it, finding the margin to be a present with other people and finding the mind space to really think about them. How did you separate the two? How do you mentally make time for them? And what does that look like for you as far as saying, I've got so much on my plate. How, how do I stop and just spend time with people? 
I truly believe and have always believed that we have agency, we have free will, and we've got free choice. So my point about that is, is that you make a choice, a decision to say, I'm going to go check on everybody today. I'm going to walk by and sit down and talk with them and see how their day is going and see if they need anything. And you've got to make that choice. No matter how busy, it's, it's kind of like with kids, okay? Uh, I've got four kids all under the age of eight. Um, you make time for the things that are important to you. And if you want to grow a culture that shows caring and concern for your staff members, you will take the time, you will find the time, you will choose to make the time to do that. Uh, just like you choose to make the time to spend with your kids and to help them grow and become you know, good members of society and, and show them that you love them. It's the same thing with staff. You choose to take that time to see, to, to make you choose to make that time available no matter how busy you are. If that means less lunchtime, if that means coming in early, whatever it may be, you make that time to know who they are and where they come from. And it pays itself dividends by doing so. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, it's not justifying it, right? With busy, it's just, it is the priority. It's right. Mind shift, that is the priority that runs the business. Is that part of the way that you kind of distill your culture throughout um, the staff? Currently, or the I company. try to. Yeah, I mean, I try to. I mean, um, we run on a culture of respect uh, around here. You know, nobody's thoughts are any less than anybody else's. You, you, we treat everybody with respect, our clients, our staff, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, your staff are who you are. They're a reflection of who you are, in my opinion, simply because if you want to be a, a good, honest person and you want to show that you care for people, you're going to do it with your staff as well as your family members and things. So, yeah, I, I try to distill that down. Absolutely. Just because I think it's important that they know that they're cared about. For sure. And then hopefully they'll turn around and care about other people. Absolutely. So what, Absolutely. what gets you, you know, running the, the law firm as long as you have and, and hiring, firing, figuring out the culture, but you get up every morning and you work really hard. What gets right. you that and kind of what's your why now? Is it bigger than just the law firm? Why do I get up every day and do what I do? Because I care about people and I wanna help them. Um, going through what people go through and what I do for a living as a family law attorney, it's not easy. They need somebody to help them and to guide them. Um, I do a radio show every Monday uh, from nine to 9.30 on 97.5 uh, KMOD where I answer questions for, that people call in or email in or text in about their family law situations. And I do that because I wanna help them. I wanna be able to you know, give them some sort of insight or some sort of hope maybe that there is help out there that they can have or get hold of. Um, you know, it, it's, you've gotta find something that's bigger than yourself to wake up to every day. And that's kind of what I do. You know, I try to wake up to help people and lead and guide them and, and where they need to go and what they need to do as far as their family law stuff is concerned. So that's what gets me out of bed besides the, the business. Oh, that's awesome. When in most professionals I've interviewed that are doing really well, Jeff, it's interesting. So you do the radio show, they do something outside of the name of their business for free. Right. To, to with work, but just the intellectual you know, resources they have to kind of give back. And it almost like that propels them back into their business. And, and many of them said, if I, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have as much energy to do what I do. 
it's just fun. Right, exactly. You know, one of the things, uh, even when I'm out and about, if someone hears my name and they're like, oh, you're the guy from the radio, or uh, I was at a restaurant and the guy goes, what's your name? Because I, I recognize your voice, you know? It, it, it opens the door for us to talk about it and uh, different things. And what I always hear from them is, man, I'm so grateful for what you do. I'm so, so lucky. We're so lucky to have somebody to go in and answer those questions and do the things that you do. And it, it makes me feel as though I'm actually out there making a difference and helping people. So I'm grateful for those that listen. I'm grateful for those individuals I come into contact with because, um, you know, I, I'm grateful that they are touched in some way that they're getting the help that they need. No, that's awesome. What I'm, I'm interested in this, in this answer, uh, because you talked about coming out of law school and just not having what you needed for a business, right? You've got a doctorate in law, right. you need to pick up all these pieces. Uh, I know everybody on this podcast likes to read. Uh, if you had two books that have propelled you from law school into running a business that you could recommend, what are those books and why? Yeah, and I'm going to have to think about that. I should have I should have come with that a little more prepared. Um, I don't have any particular books per se, um, other than your typical, you know, um, books on business. I mean, main thing is having the business mindset, and I think reading anything that you can get your hands on that has to do with mental mindsets. That's the biggest thing, because a lot of people, they have trouble believing in their heads that it's okay to be successful. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but you've got to have that mindset of, I'm going to grow my business. I'm going to make this actually a business. Um, that's one of the things that I think we battle as lawyers all the time, is there's so many that um, want to have a law firm simply because they want to be able to have control their schedules and all that, which is great but they don't ever take it to the next step where they actually consider it a business. They don't run it like a business. They run it like a hobby rather than a business. And I think that's why a lot of them don't ever get past a certain amount of uh, a certain financial level and they get frustrated because, and they go, well, I can't ever make more than that. Well, it's not the case. You can, but you have to run your business like a business. It's not a hobby. It's not something that you throw on the side. It's not something that just pays the bills. I mean, you actually have to have that mental mindset. So any book that you can get your hand on about a mental mindset of running a business and being okay with success and being okay with growing that business, those are the books for sure you definitely want to read. Um, you know, The Millionaire Mind, that's a great book to read. Uh, that was one of the books that actually got me thinking about entrepreneurial things when I was younger before law school. And how I wanted to run it afterwards. So, you know, any of those kind of books, nothing but gold. But you actually have to sit down and read them and think about it and actually do what they're suggesting you do. Because if, if you, it's one thing to read it, but you got to put it into, into, uh, into practice. So that would be my suggestion for books. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's, there's gold there. I mean, it, it really is what separates successful people from unsuccessful people's mindset. Uh, there's a book written called Mindset that addresses exactly that. They do a study and look at why some people succeed and others don't. And it's the way that they choose to think about success. Then one uh, other thing, if anybody wants to get a hold of uh, Jeff, I know the preferred method is on LinkedIn. Uh, he's very active on LinkedIn. 
and it allows him to uh, kind of filter through things. It's better than text or phone calls because he gets plenty of those. Uh, another way uh, to get a hold is email, and I'll post his email below this podcast for everybody. And I want to just say, you know, Jeff, thank you very much uh, for making time to be on this podcast and giving everybody thank you for being here. Kellen, with New Wave Solutions here, owner, operator. Jeff, thanks for giving. Y'all have a great day. Mm-hmm.